So y'all might be familiar with John 4 because most of it is the narrative of Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. But I've been reading through John heading by heading in my personal uh, reading. And there's actually another story at the end that's not related to that one at all. So with a big assist from the Life Application Bible, I wanted to walk through that. Um, I've been watching The Chosen. I'm on episode five now, where I just finished episode five. And one of the things that it has been really helpful with is just fleshing out who some of these characters are, um, giving a fictionalized feel for their personalities and um, their struggles, their hopes, all of that. So yeah, I'm not going to give you biblical fan fiction, but just wanted to interact with the text a little bit more. So this is John 4, starting in verse 46. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. Just going to pause right there and say episode five of The Chosen was the wedding in Cana. And it was, again, such a beautiful episode. I am not an extrovert. I don't like crowds. I don't like weddings. I don't like partying. I don't like drinking. I don't like dancing. Um, basically, it should have been my worst nightmare. But I remember watching this and just being like, man, I, I hope that's what my wedding reception looks like um it just was fun right family fun like neighbors just everybody having a good time and you just get to see another um example of who jesus is and um also just the uncertainty of the disciples right like they don't have any idea who this guy is they've seen the miracles and so they're following but yeah they're starting from scratch remember that starting from scratch and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Okay, so one thing that the Life Application Bible pointed out is that this royal official was probably um, working for King Herod. And King Herod is not a Jew. One of the many King Herods, there were actually multiple of them, but um, regardless, not a Jew. And so to kind of like oppressor class, probably not super popular with the Jews to begin with, with the like peasant Jews. Um, but also, again, someone who has status, right? Like not that he's royal himself, but where you work, right? You're, you're, you're in this, um, you have the the seal or the the covering of the king right and so this guy societally would have outranked jesus um and in and he another thing the life application bible points out is that this guy took a 20 mile trip to to see jesus right so yeah just here is someone who has some level of authority right but he doesn't come to jesus and demand that he heal his son and he doesn't come to jesus uh and ask he begs that you heal his son uh who's close to death but here's the thing is who is jesus at this point what has jesus even done right if we're if we're following john's arithmetic 
he's done one miracle because, well, we're going to get the number at the end of this chapter. But yeah, he's turned the water into wine. And that wasn't even like official, public, whatever. So Jesus is an itinerant teacher, right? Which means he travels. Some people have taken that to mean he's homeless. I think there, that's a little bit of a gray area. Um, there is a point where Jesus says, you know, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. But I also think, you know, he's not exactly homeless in the way that the people in downtown Lakeland are homeless. So um, anyway, but he is part of the artisan class. And I feel like artisan sounds fancy, like artisan is just a pretty word to me. And so I associate it more positively than what it really was. They were like one step below, like they were the, <laughs> the next to last class. And, you know, Jesus was a craftsman. It's not really clear if he was necessarily a carpenter himself, but he was some kind of tradesman. Um, yeah, so, and he's kind of like an, a rabbi that goes around, but like he's teaching and all this stuff, but it's it's a little bit strange, right? This man took this journey 20 miles because he heard Jesus was in Galilee and, um, and so he goes to to meet him um, and to beg. And again, just like, it's interesting because he thinks that Jesus can do something, right? Like to me, water into wine is, I mean, it's amazing. You, you never see that miracle again. And certainly other, other prophets have, have performed healing in the past um, and so far as resurrection, but still, you see this guy and he's not impressive, right? Like you come and he's just kind of this somewhat locally notorious guy. Like this is this guy is famous for like the most attention grabbing thing he's done is clear out the temple, right? Um, and so anyway, this, this official comes and begs him, come heal my son. Okay, come and heal my son not just heal my son, come and heal my son. So come back with me 20 miles. And Jesus' response is so cold. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. I find it fascinating how rude Jesus can be sometimes. Um, right? Because he's already asked. And Jesus' response is, unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. And that sounds so dismissive. Sounds like he doesn't not care, like he's not going to do anything. And the royal official responds, sir, come down before my child dies. Again, please, please come, come, come back with me. I don't, I don't want to lose my son. There's something about desperation and persistence just, what else do I have to lose, right? Like if Jesus keeps saying no, like my son's going to die if I don't succeed. So what else do I have to lose? If I have to abase myself, what good is my status? What good is my pride if my son is gone? And so in this moment, he's not a royal official. He's not Jesus' social superior. He's just a man, a father, right? Who is powerless in the presence of someone who might be able to do something. And again, you have to remember this royal official is used to being in the presence of, I mean, he he works for the king. I don't know if he sees the king on a regular basis or not, but like, and Jesus himself is the king of kings. And so to, to be in the presence of a king, like humility is the 
the normal response, the acceptable and expected response to greatness. And here's Jesus' response. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. Now, I just want to point out, twice now, the official has asked Jesus, come back with me. Because think about it, right? Like, some when you when you really want something done right like you want to see it you want to confirm it you want to know that it's done before you like it it took 20 miles to get here who knows what the range on healing is right most of the time when you think of healing it involves touch or it involves you know even if it's speech it's speaking from like some relatively intimate distance 20 miles away who's heard of remote healing right virtual healing but Jesus says, go, your son will live. So he's not dismissing him as completely as you people from before, but he's still saying, go, your son's going to live. And again, as, as the parent, just with this anxiety, with this um, just investment to say, like, I just, I just came 20 miles. And again, it's not 20 miles in a car. Right. It's not like, you know, um, this is this is like real, like either walking or taking a horse or a chariot or something like this is not a short trip. It's not a convenient trip. And so to go now. To go back. Means he, he by the time he comes back, I mean, already by the time he comes back, his son might be dead, but he's just met Jesus. He's got this guy. And now Jesus is telling him to go back if he goes. And his son is not better like he's probably out of time and and he's lost jesus the man took jesus at his word and departed i don't know that there is a better picture of faith not to say that it's the only picture of faith but really like the thing about faith is that it involves action faith is not just belief it is action because faith has to change things, right? Our thoughts become our actions. And so if we are believing things, but it's not playing out in our lives, we don't really believe them. This guy, he believed Jesus because he left. He started heading for home. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. So just want to take this back just a minute. So you're this father, you're, you're going back home, and you see the servants coming, and you know they're bearing news. And... It's either going to be really good news or it's going to be really bad news. Either your son is well or your son is dead. It's good news. Obviously, it's good news. And he asked just to make sure, hey, when did this happen? It didn't happen. Like, you know, sometimes we don't know the miracles happen till we've gotten all the way home to confirm it. This was the grace of God, right? Like really what could have happened is this kid could have teetered on the edge of death until this man got all the way home 
right? And then when he sees him, he gets better. But that's not what happened. He didn't get better when the father walked through the door, or when the father laid eyes on him. He got better the moment Jesus said, go. Because the mo and the moment this man left, your son will live. I just, I find this an interesting story because it doesn't really fit with what I think of Jesus like, right? I think of the Jesus who comes to Bethany and goes to the tomb of Lazarus and tells Lazarus to come out. I think of the Jesus who, you know, spits in the mud and puts it on the blind man's eyes or the guy who sticks his finger you know in the man's ear um just this jesus who's very present and in person and is doing things in the flesh right like wants to be near because generally i want to be near when someone i care about is struggling i want to be there with them i don't want to be at a distance and trying to you know But also, like Jesus, Jesus' power does not have a limit. There's not a um, there's not a range on it. <laughs> and we have this this variety of miracles in the Bible, right? This range of miracles. There, there's of different types of different ways that He heals them because God is not limited to one outcome. It's not either He's going to be healed in this very specific way or he's not going to be healed, right? There's there's so many different things that we hear about in the scriptures. And not to say that everybody gets healed, because they don't. Because they don't. There were so many people in the Bible who were sick and died. And we don't have their stories. And we actually do have the, sto the story of one of them, Lazarus, got sick and died. And Jesus let him die. And so, you know, we just, we have, we have all of these different examples but they're all meant to illustrate the same thing, right? The, the power of God, sure. But also, like, well, how did this man respond, right? Like, yes, he has his son back. Okay, cool. Like, now I can get on with my life. All right, I guess that's a, like a really important guy, whatever. Like, he helped me. He, you know, he did me a favor. Cool. And now I can... You know what I mean? But that's not what happened. He and his whole household believed. Things are not different. I mean, things are not the same anymore. They can't be the same anymore. When you've been in the presence of the miraculous, hopefully you're not unchanged. Hopefully you're not indifferent. I was at um, I was at Somos Church last night, and the pastor, Coy Lindsay, was talking about, um, you know, what would Jesus undo? And yesterday he was talking about indifference and he said his his suggestion his prescription to undo that indifference was to do something every day for this for this next seven days that requires faith something that we couldn't and wouldn't do on our own so anyways we've got one more episode coming tonight I hope that y'all are having an excellent Sunday, and guess what? It's almost Monday. <laughs>